In this week's show, our guest is artist Angela Fama. We met about two years ago at the Farm Intentional Community in um, Summertown, Tennessee, and she was doing a, a great art project. Uh, it's called Love, correct? It's called What is Love? It was very moving to, to hear back from you. Like I had, I think I had looked you up once or I had looked up the emails from one of the people that let us know about your project at the Farm Intentional Community and uh, I was struggling to to reconnect and then suddenly I get it and it was um, some very beautiful pictures and it's a really involved uh, project um, and I know you've done other projects but um, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what made you uh, get interested in that type of I would call interactive because you are getting people's expressions uh, based on the question that you ask and it's also, um, you know, looking back on it, I see other people that I know and, and what they responded to the question. So I felt like it was really community-based and interactive. Um, so tell us about yourself and that one particular project. Um, in the, do you mean the one particular project or you had said the background that what led up to it? So Well, if you could tell us about yourself, like what made you get interested in art and what why photography um and then you can tell us about the project the uh, what is love and and like you said uh, what what led up to it yeah i've always had an artistic background and when i was younger i didn't realize you could be an artist and support yourself so i i put my energy uh in my early 20s to learning how to do commercial photography um because i thought i would have to pay for myself as an artist somehow in the world um but then i had a car accident when i turned 30 that kind of shifted my perspective back to kind of reminding me that uh, life is really short and just to spend my time working on what's like at the root of my own, I guess, spirit um, or my own desires or, or seekings, concerns, I guess. And I started doing the comparative photography projects around then using the skills that I'd learned through commercial work to bring it back into my artwork so that, so that there'd be like a purpose for why I'd spent my time learning that for my work. So it was interesting because I started with a smaller group of this kind of community comparative way of looking at things um, because I'd had this accident that was making me think about our egos and our outward selves and, and what we think or I guess think we're, we're intended to project to the world. Again, as a result of the commercial work I'd been doing, I didn't really like some of the intentions behind some of the work I was making and what I was spending my time doing. So I started with a small group of peers, a community of just like a photographed about um, 40, 30 to 40, but the finals only 12 images of people that were directly related to me um, called Mirror Face. But then I went from that through a different series, different things I was asking, different kind of expressions or micro expressions. I was looking for through a series called Profile Face, which is more about what we... Um, like social media or like images we use to present ourselves rather than just the look we give ourselves privately. Um, and then I went to a thing called How Are You, which is was engaging with another community in an RV on a on a festival day where I was asking people to come in and sit with me one-on-one -on -one and kind of just tell me how they were actually doing that day instead of just the usual sort of busy or I'm good, like actually asking about caring. And it was from that project. So this is over a period of 10 years, almost. Um, it was from that project that the What is Love project sort of grew. So it similarly, like, 
taking comparative portraits, but every time I did it, the project, the images themselves got more. So it went from a diptych, so two people, to triptychs, to quadriptychs. But the amount of community that I reached also grew as my interest and I guess my my I guess that um, spider webbing effect of when you really start to look into something deeper, it tends to take you on paths you might not have been expecting the first when you started out. And that was what brought me to the farm to meet you. Wonderful, and uh, you know we can hear a, a lovely accent in your bio. You say that uh, you were born in Tennessee, raised in Ontario and Zimbabwe, so it's like a mixture between Canadian and and like British or like English from Zimbabwe. Or I have no idea. <laughs> I guess I've lived so many places. I'm not quite sure how I talk anymore. <laughs> sort of morphs depending on where I am. Uh, was your family in the military or, or in missionary work or? My uh, my mom, uh, not missionary and not military, so not not religious and not uh, political. Um, my mother fell in love with a man um, that had been like a teacher, a teaching contracts so or charity work um, with the organization called WUSC, World University Services of Canada. Um, it doesn't do this anymore, but they used to send like small batches of teachers out to work in like bush schools for no pay, basically just whatever the local teacher's salary would have been. Um, and he'd already gone a couple of times when they met, but he was on contract to go for three years in a very rural school where they were supposed to just send a single man who'd gone before. Um, and they did this crazy thing and got married and took me and my older brother there, teenagers. Um, so I went to a bush school in Zimbabwe as a teenager. <laughs> um yeah, so it was charity work, uh, essentially, but slightly unintentionally. And and the Tennessee Vancouver connection, because um, you know, I'm an artist um, myself, and people always ask me like, how does your your Mexican background play into your art? And my response would always be like, well, it, it really doesn't, because to me, my identity wasn't tied strictly to where I was born. It was more um, being like a citizen of the world or being interested in, in certain things that were specific as related to my race, my ethnicity, or my nationality. Um, do you think that, that those experiences and the places that, that you grew up or and, and travel around had an impact on your art? Yes and no. Uh, so similarly to what you're saying about um, internet, like world worldwide, what did you say? Um, international? Yeah, citizen of the world. Um Another thing that's come up a few times when I when I talked, um, people come up to me afterwards saying, "You're a third culture kid." I didn't really know what they were talking about at first, but then I've done some research on it since, and I kind of like that saying. Uh, it's it's in reference to people that have grown up in one culture and then lived in another culture, usually while they're still forming their identity. So they don't really necessarily have one culture that they've then been uprooted from to be in another culture. It's more like while their identity and I guess their own personal culture is forming, it's shifting through different cultures. So you end up becoming, you know, a citizen of the world. Um, and not not one, two person's culture is ever quite the same depending on when and how you've moved around throughout the cultures. Because I would say that living in Zimbabwe was the most impactful in the sense of recognizing at such a formidable age. So 12, it was basically 13 to 16. And you grow up fast when you're put in that kind of an environment. Um, it was 
it was so like almost mind-blowing to understand that everything I'd basically been taught culturally and socially that was right or what 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 is expected or or just a given was shattered like it was just to recognize oh there's just like even straight down to the color of the nature like the ground was red the dirt's a different color um people do different things people say different things uh, the history books were teaching extremely different information about the same subjects so it was really it was really um impactful i would say it's affected my artwork intensely immensely um but not necessarily as placing a like a attachment to a specific culture it's more that citizen of the world and also the unity within cultures between that like people at the at the base at the root of all of it i kind of think that the borders are much more restrictive at times than they are inclusive and we're all part of one big nation which is the world right I don't know if there's the right words to use for it, but essentially. Does the same thing go for your gender identity? Because I heard an interview with um, comedian Maya Rudolph, and when someone asked her, like, how does it feel to be a female comedian, she was offended. She's like, it doesn't matter what's between my legs, you know, I'm a human being. and yeah. So uh, do you feel that... that your your gender plays a role in, in your art or is that also something that we I think that's also something that I'm really enjoying um, I've been around quite a youthful uh, brainy environment uh, in the last little bit and I've been really enjoying the gender the shifts in culture that are happening right now um, I got asked the other day what I felt about um, gender teaching in schools and and sexuality in schools and the change now and the similarities now to when I was taught like I'm 40 now so that was you know 30 years ago that I was being told what sexuality was and it was so basic um and 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 restrictive and and horrible <laughs> and gender specific like we're, we're given a personality to like when I put my female clothes on I'm putting on a persona I kind of I kind of feel that we are all masculine feminine and I have no I, I wouldn't be able to separate myself necessarily from my femininity because I've grown up with that narrative for so long I feel like I'm part of the generation that that has been t rooted in one thing like like almost like I've been a soup stock that's been cooking for so long in one story and now now I recognize oh that's just a story but it's still kind of rooted so I think I'm quite challenged by by being I feel like we're in a great time of change um, intense social change worldwide and part of that is gender and and I appreciate um, the changes that are happening like the other days I, I, I get bothered when like a man opened the door or like ladies first that kind of thing it's like this is just the same narrative why do I need you to open the door open the door because you care for me as a person not because I'm a woman and I need you to open the door for me you know like so I, I guess I can see where that the comedian was coming from but I also recognize historically how we are where we are now well lately there's been a pushback like of hypersensitivity among uh, progressives where um, people are kind of getting a little too overwhelmed with that kind of stuff where if uh if every time you open a door people wonder if you're being a misogynist or just being nice um people don't even know what to do because they don't want to offend people and stuff like that do you feel that yeah. 
the things are getting a little out of hand or is that part of the the process as we learn to be more human and more um, aware of what's going on I think a bit of I, I think it, it it might be potentially being out of hand but not necessarily that that's a negative thing so I think like when change is made it's not always that comfortable it's not always can't just jump from one step to the next so there is going to be like without taking the steps in between to get there when you're crossing such a large terrain um, so I think there are going to be some uncomfortable steps and there is a bit, it is a bit awkward. Like I feel awkward. I felt awkward when I felt that reaction to people opening, like someone was moving some chairs around in a room and I was like, why? Like, it, it makes me uncomfortable because I'm still processing for myself even how to, how to flow with this change that's happening. Um, so I think I have a bit, of, a bit, have a bit of acceptance for why the overwhelming kind of reaction is happening, but also with an appreciation for here's hoping we have like the courage to, instead of fighting about how we're processing it, recognize how can we do this together? How can we help facilitate the change? How can we appreciate or see if someone's getting upset, why or where that's coming from, you know, instead of just getting in an all out argument about it, if that makes sense. And within your art, do you see, um, certain traits or certain uh, sensitivity that that is specific to to who you are and also being a woman or or those are type of the generalizations that people make because like from my perspective being a feminist means that we honor and we um we celebrate what makes women unique as compared to trying to um equalize uh, men and women to the point of there is no n nothing special or unique about each each um, expression of humanity so um, how do you feel about that do you feel that is, is it something that everybody can tap to and, and the, the like you said it's it's all been socialized into that or there is certain things that the women um, have to to bring to the table that maybe men would do in a different way? Hmm. It's a subject I've been thinking a lot about lately. Um, I think for me personally, being a female has very much impacted my work, especially the What is Love project, because I have had some negative social effects on, negative might not be the right word, but I've had sexual trauma repeatedly in my life from male, from a masculine from many masculine places. So having that conversation about socially how we interact with feminine and masculine roles. Um, so I think there's like many parts of the question you just asked, but there's two parts I think I want to address. And one is just that currently, socially, there is so much sexism harming women. Like it is, it's only just starting to be seen or, or even talked about or acknowledged that it's still to such an extent happening. So in that sense, I don't want to say, oh yeah, we're just going to equalize everything. I, I, we need to take take um, ownership of our roles within that and, and have masculine and feminine work together to, to shift that power dynamic, like colonialization. Like, there's so much leftovers that is still consistently harming and that's that role I was talking about when we put on our outfits for the day I'm a man I'm a woman this is how men treat women this is how women are treated by men 
Um, and it would be, it would be, I think, foolish to try and think you, we can just see it as gone and it will go. But what you're saying about that, just, I guess, nullifying everything or turning everything like whitewashing to be one, I don't believe in that, but I think it's like our language needs to shift. Same way the word love is just one word to mean so many things. Men and women both have masculine and feminine qualities, and some men are way more feminine than some women, and some women are way more masculine than some men. And I think less than making it so that we don't see the differences, more that we appreciate that both men and women need to have spaces to be allowed to be more masculine and more feminine without needing to take on those social roles that have been already predefined, if that makes sense. It sounds like what you're saying is that there's new ones and that we need to uh, go back to the idea of every human being being um, completely unique um, and that if we impose our our stereotypes about what a woman should be, what a man, we might be missing uh, part of the experience of, of getting to know somebody. Yeah, or even ourselves, and, and that I think each person is essentially extremely unique, and there might be similarities that help us to bond and join together, but I don't even know what it would be like to, like in answer to that question about sexuality, I walked away thinking, God, if people were told in school, weren't told that as a woman you're to like a man, and as a man you're to like a woman, like, if you were just kissing men and women to see what you like, who knows how many different sexualities we'd have in forms of like expressing our sexuality. It's just so restrictive um, when we only have... I mean, I understand narratives in order for society to survive, but, but that masculine-feminine separation, I feel, has harmed both sexes currently. Like, that that I'm not sure that either of us know yet what we would be if we had more space to be as we are, if that makes sense. Speaking about your, your projects, your art projects, um, so we have What is Love, It's a Sign, How Are You, Profile Face, and Mirror Face. Mm -hmm. Is there a, a new project that you're working on at this time? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm working on a... A, um, I guess essentially a, the subject of love took me slightly unexpectedly, but now that I've been here for a while, considering it into the subject of death. Um, and I've been working on, I've been noticing that uh, like personal death is a topic that's often avoided in social settings. Uh, we keep so much like the What is Love Project when I wanted to have people sharing what it actually is for them or offer a space for that. Have it not be that if it's harmful, it's only done in closed doors, like just sharing as we are. Um, death is something that that I have experienced culturally to be very protected as a conversation for the reality of it. Um, and then it's sensationalized in the media. So I've, I've created a conversation game, um, and it's still in progress. So I'm not sure where that's going to go or whether it will turn into facilitated events. I'm not sure... I'm not sure yet, but that's currently how I'm kind of starting to tap into how to kind of help offer a space to create some change and a space to have, create more conversation. And how do you fund your, your art? It's very involved, it's very complicated. And, uh, you know, one time I got into the debate with my wife about being a professional artist. And, you know, to me, a professional artist is someone that makes money out of their art. 
to her it was someone who who lived as an artist or something like that and um when it all comes down to it it's it's uh it's usually a project of love and then sometimes you're able to to make a living out of it um do you work with grants or are you able to support your art through your your commercial work how does it work for you uh, it's kind of a bit of both um not grants but i did get kickstarter for the what is love project so my community kind of funded i would say about a third of it um and then i would say the rest of it does come from busting ass <laughs> i just work really hard at uh when I think of it now, I would say I'm definitely an artist somewhere in between the two the two definitions you both have. Um, I do work so that I can be an artist. I could do more work as an artist to fund myself as an artist. Like I could make more artwork that would be more sellable. Um, but I I prefer to have a space to make the art that I truly and passionately desire. And, and unfortunately, the conversational, this kind of social practice this reaching out isn't really money making like the what is love project didn't make a single penny <laughs> because of its subject it's just outside of those boxes um but it was also heavily supported so uh, yeah it's a bit of both i'm still trying to figure out i'm kind of doing further schooling right now just to kind of help potentially grants in the future having a better idea of how to tap into the writing, the, the thought behind to create them, but it's a challenge. Um, but I've found that since I've committed to myself as an artist, what I have needed has come to me, whether it's from work or whether it's from Kickstarter, whether it's like, it's just, I've been, my, my life has been more benefited or, or, or more fruitious, I guess since I've been committing to what I feel is the most important thing for me to be putting my work into. Well, tell me, um, how has your art impacted you and how has it impacted other people? Because, you know, when you learn about art history and the different movements, there's what someone wants to convey and then what people get out of it. And then, you know, the, the expressionists would say, well, what I want to get across is what's truth and what people get out of it should be exactly the same. They can't interpret it any way they want it. Well, there's other artists that say, well, it's just out there and you take it any way you want. But what has been the way that it's transformed you and what has been the feedback that you've gotten? Um, and you can tell me specifically about what is love or the other projects. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's a good question. Um, through the projects that came before What is Love, to get to What is Love, I kind of learned that for me, I, I like the projects that encapsulate all of my abilities. So I was also interested in psychology and counseling. Um, I also served as a waitress for a long time. And then I was in a band for a long time. Uh, so I have like a performative element to me. I have a really interactive element to me. I have a really caring element to me. And then the commercial photography. So with What is Love, that was a project that took all of my skills. So when I worked on it, it, it took everything I could give. Um, so I felt like I then became like a, like a facilitator for it. 
Um, and I was really proud to see that what I was curious about, because I'd done so much work inside myself on that question of what is love to try and kind of figure out what I thought it was. And I learned that through my work um, and through asking that question of others and creating a platform for others to to just share, I tried to be as sincere as possible with the sharing of what I was shared with. Um, I'm not sure if I worded that right. Um, but I tried to transcribe and to convey the information as singularly as I could so that the information that I'd been given was pure from the source or as pure as it could be with just me as the facilitator. Um so that others could just respond however it, it affected them. And, and it wasn't really about me or my idea of what I thought love was, even though that helped to push me to have the the in, incentive to do the work, because it was so much work. Um, so, yes, I was fulfilling myself, but I also felt like I was giving a much bigger platform that didn't say, like the expression, like it, it didn't say, this is what I think. It also didn't say, whatever you think is fine. It kind of, it did say whatever you think is fine, but it also said, tell me what you think and see what see what other people think and how do you feel about what other people think. And everyone that's responded to me, I, I will say with gratitude, um, when I'd been written to or talked to about it, everybody's had their own response to it, and I really appreciate that. But a lot of people have said that it's moved them and that, and that it's changed how they perceived the word love for themselves. And they've come back to me like, years now at this point later and said some people have said yeah it's the same some people have said wow it's changed like it's got them progressively thinking about it for themselves so it, it sort of left my hands and that's that's the gift that I gave through it or that I was able to to give that that's that's is richer to me than any kind of finance that could possibly be given through creating work like I feel like it's kind of bigger than that so in relation to that question you asked previously it's the people's responses. These these conversations they get bigger than me because they become conversations between the people that just like create it with me. In the movie Frida, they quote um, Diego Rivera saying that that he paints because if not he would die. Uh, do you do you feel that artists like that like um, that is something that that has to happen that without it our our lives would be less uh, meaningful or or the the cultural expression in that way uh enriches the the life of of the people of this world yes um i've tried to kind of i've tried to go around it um i was actually going to go right now i'm in schooling for art uh as a 40 year old after being a, like a relatively i guess emerged artist um, and I laugh at myself because it's it's just what I am. Um, the more I seek inside or the more I create, I keep finding myself in the role of an artist. It's, it is, it is, and I've known it since I was a kid. Um, socially, we get told so many things, or even society-wise, it's like, what's the point of art? I have to, I wonder, like, what is the point? So I see that I'm still seeking and just trusting that I'll find answers as I go along because it shifts the more I commit to it. Um, I definitely feel, though, that um, I am an artist. I actually knew when I was younger that if we think outside of the roles that were given, I'm a woman, I don't have children. Um, and I knew when I was younger I felt like it was my role to create art 
uh, in whatever form it came out of me. Um, and so far, the projects I've been doing, oddly enough, I feel like if I had had children, I might not have had this, the time to do that. It's a strange thing. Um, not saying that the two replace the other. I've raised and helped raise children as well, so not at all saying you have to do one or the other. Um, but just saying for me, I think at the root, at the core, that's what I am. And I, again, I feel like a facilitator for it. I feel like I've got so many quotes of artists saying they'll be like in the field and they just get hit by the creativity. So I feel like it's just doing my self-care to be able to have the space to hold whatever creativity comes through me, however it does. And for people who have never done art, um, how much of it do you think is romanticized about being a, an artist? Uh, in movies, they they show people almost like getting into a trance and then creating a, a fabulous art piece. Um, in my experience, it's, it's technical, it's frustrating, it's uh, annoying, and then sometimes you have success, sometimes you don't. Half of the stuff doesn't make it out. And there's also the politics of art. Um, do you feel like that euphoria when you make art where you're being taken to another realm or is it um, a very technical thing for you? Uh, it's, a bit, uh, it's a bit of both. With the photography, because that's sort of my main practice, and the What is Love project involved audio and transcription and just that whole driving across North America, all the, all the paper, like the... The preparation for it was like 99% of the project itself. So I was taken into that trance. Like when you came in and sat with me, that was like 100% presence um, for me to be able to be in that space. So a bit of that came in there, but then every other moment surrounding to make that happen was, was a lot of work. Um, And if I hadn't had those moments with the people, I had 300 people come in and sit with me in different locations across North America. And if I hadn't had that time when it was just setting down and actually creating the work with you, the, the collaborators, I wouldn't have been able to do it because it gave me the juice to keep going, like the fuel, because it was a bit of it. Like, it's just trance-like or a high, I'm not sure what what word, it's just an, it, it's encompassing, It's it's... It is therapeutic. It's, it's yeah, I would say art therapy in an odd way, even though the work it takes to make it <laughs> creates the need for it. Um, but part of returning to to educate further for me was that I've, I've been lost from my, just the straight art of, like, drawing um, or just creating something that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, and that's where I've found most in the last little while that kind of trance-like state. And I've been surprised because it's been a while since I've given myself the space to have that. And I would say that some I forgot. I was like, oh, my God, this is why I used to draw all the time. Like, it's just so, I get so sucked into it. Like, I just get lost. And I'm just in a state of that kind of art bliss. So I think in some ways it is completely romanticized because it's so much work. To just to get yourself in that space to do it but when you're actually there when it happens it's it is a beautiful it's just a different space it's all it's like a meditative space it's hard i wouldn't say it's great or beautiful it's just another space to be in that that's very serene uh clearing calming yeah regardless i mean you could be making a crazy scribble face of a of a 
angry circle, you know, like it doesn't necessarily mean that what you're creating needs to be anything. It's just the act of creating. And the last question, do you, do, were you exposed to art and art education as a child? And do you think it's now that they're cutting a lot of the programs here in, in the United States, uh, how I'm sure you, you believe that it's very important for people to be exposed to it, but, um, was that your experience? It was my experience. I, I, I grew up in kind of an outside-the-box home. My mom had me, smuggled me over the border and had me at the farm. <laughs> so I, I grew up in a bit of a hippie punk household in the early 80s. Um, and my mom was a musician, and she encouraged me to do whatever I believed in, which was art, as I said. I kind of knew from being young, but I had a space where I was allowed to do that which I'm very grateful for um I wasn't pushed into it it was just I was given the space to to create as I needed um but I will definitely say in response to the arts being cut out I think it's so important I think creativity however it is for whoever whatever it is whether it's crocheting whether it's making sculptures that that take years to create whether it's anything creative artistic it's it's such an important integral part to existence um i'm i'm so i'm scared but i'm also hopeful things are changing right now socially culturally and both extremes so cutting out the arts if they do get end up getting cut out i think it's a need that we have that will come surging back in some other form as a resistance hopefully to having it cut out because it's, it's a necessity. Well, we want to thank you so much for being on the show. Um, maybe in the future you can come back and, and give us updates uh, on your projects. I'm really interested on in the one you're doing about death. Um, I'm a hospice chaplain. So um, I, that's what, what I do. And my wife is a grief counselor for bereaved families. Wow. So, um, to us, it's, it's like normal, and our job is to, to teach people or to help them see it as part of life. But we know how difficult and painful it is. And, and the fear of death is what really holds people back from, from healing from either the, the trauma of losing a loved one or f to be ready to, to face death. So um, so it's a, it's a very complex topic, but it's something that, that also needs more awareness and more uh, tackling of it and the first time I ever heard about hospice was a photography show uh, about hospice that was at my college so um, I'm still yet to find the the book uh, of photography about it but it's, it's amazing that you know 15 years later that's what I'm doing for a living mm-hmm mm -hmm. that's that is amazing and that's part of what was because of my sort of near-death experience I had a brain injury 10 years ago and, and how that was responded to both with myself and community and culturally around me and just that experience of having lived in such different cultures and experienced loss uh, not necessarily through death itself but it taught it taught me that the greater and meditation as well just that fear of talking about it we need we need to share it is uh, without without trying to say we need to make it a you know, morning uh, topic of light on the bus, but just respectfully recognizing that it's such a 
important topic to everyone living and just processing all stages of it. So I'm impressed that you that you do what you do because that takes courage and strength. And uh, I look forward, I hope, to be able to talk to you about it. It's in progress. I have questions I've compiled and it's 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 I don't know where this project's going next, but hopefully it'll be bigger than the What Is Love project. That seems to be how they grow in order for more people to talk. I feel like it's a cultural conversation that can cross, you know, the whole world because we have so many different narratives surrounding death and how to approach it. Um, I really appreciate that you talked with me and I really enjoyed speaking with you and having you be a part of the project in the first place with What Is Love. So. I hope we do continue to kind of collaborate and, and keep in touch in the future. Same here, and, and it's an honor to have you on your show. It's always great to hear from people who are passionate about their work and who are making an impact in the world. So, um, again, thank you, and um, we'll be speaking to you soon. Yeah, please. Thank you. Take care. Bye.